This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. You can't go on the internet these days without finding a mock draft. They just, like, slap you in the face like a wet fish. It's it's ridiculous. First time you open Twitter every day, first time you open Facebook, you're going to see... Who's taking who? Who's going where? Right. And it, it, it does kind of get a little nauseating and ridiculous, and you become a little bit numb to it after a while. But one mock draft, a couple mock drafts that I want to touch on as regarding what they decided to do with the Pittsburgh Steelers picks. One is Chad Reuters from NFL.com did a mock draft where five quarterbacks went off the board in the first round, including three in the first five picks, starting off with Malik Willis going to the Detroit Lions at number two overall. Mm-hmm. That's something I could buy as happening. We, we talked about it when yeah. we did our last mock yeah. draft for the entire first round for all 32 teams, or th- sorry, for all 32 picks. I think we did, I think we made that pick, right? We did make that pick. Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry, we didn't make that pick. We made the pick of him going to the Panthers at number six, but we uh, talked but at we length discussed. about maybe taking yeah. Willis and how they might be tempted to do so. But anyway, so he picks Willis, good lines, that's great, whatever. I, I can be bought into that. The thing that Chad Reuter did that I cannot buy into, though, is that at the number 12 overall pick— This is ridiculous. At the number 12 overall pick, he has the Pittsburgh Steelers trading up with the Minnesota Vikings. You figured to get, like, Jordan Davis, right? Because that would make a little bit more sense. They shouldn't trade up for anybody. I can list you 15 people I would take before— They're going up there to get Linderbaum, right? I mean, that's what they want. They love this guy at center, and they they think that they can get him— They'll give up a first-round pick for this guy. They like him that much, right? That makes sense. You you don't move up to number 12 without giving up a (laughs) first-round pick. That doesn't happen. So that would be the case, right? Well, no. According to Mr. Reuter here, the Steelers are trading up with the Vikings to take the quarterback out of Cincinnati, Desmond Ritter— at number 12 overall. A guy that I don't even think is going to go in the first round is a fringe end of the first round, early second round kind of guy at number 12, and you traded up to get him. It's adding insult to injury. I need this guy fired. I mean, is this just clickbait? It has to be. And, you know. Like, how is it not? I don't know if it is because he did an entire first round mock, right? So it's not like that was the headline. He picked all five of the quarterbacks to go in the first round. He picked, oh, my God! He picked Howe to go to the Titans later in the first round. He picked Ritter, obviously, in the Steelers' spot. Pickett went five overall to the Saints, who traded up. He had the Jets trade back with the Seahawks, so the Seahawks could take Corral at number four overall. They, uh, they don't need to. Like They don't need to trade up. The Seahawks can wait and take Corral at number nine whenever they they're picking. They can take him in the third round. I don't know about that. I think Maybe Corral's the second round. Whatever. Second round. Whatever. I think there's two quarterbacks that are going in the first round locked. Sure. Malik Willis is for sure going in the first round. And pick it. And Wherever probably pick up. it. Probably pick it. I see I see Malik going early. I see Pickett going mid to late. See, I kind of disagree. I think if somehow Detroit pulls the trigger on, on Malik Willis, Willis, then, then the Panthers like, is going to take the Panthers, Pickett. and you maybe even have the Saints bundling their picks to, to trade up, up even... To, like Reuter said, maybe that could happen. That's what I'm saying. Go to number five with the Giants. Or maybe you see the Giants do it and just say, because they're like punting on Daniel Jones. I think if Malik Willis goes to number two, that creates hayfire for for Pickett. Panic, then. Right. But if Willis flates and maybe goes at six, maybe goes at nine to the Seahawks, you know, maybe team people... I don't see him fall. I, I think... 
golden location for him, like the guaranteed spot for him is six to Carolina. I think that there's no way he makes a pass there, Willis. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I can't can't see Carolina passing. Not picking a quarterback. Let's just say that. passing. Whether it's Willis or if he's gone not taking Pickett. I think Carolina's the team. Like, if you had to bet on a team to for sure take a quarterback, Carolina's probably your bet, right? Like, other teams could take. Detroit could take him. Houston could take him. Detroit has a much better quarterback in Goff compared to Darnold. Probably. I would. uh, Daniel Jones is tough. Do you like Jones or do you like Darnold? But they at least have come out, and even if they're lying, have said, yeah, we like Jones, we're going to go one more year with Jones. Like, there's no vote of confidence in Darnold. It's all fake. No, it's... I mean, he got benched earlier last year, so right. there's no way that you can— that, Rule, you know, I think Rule said, oh, we want to bring Darnold back just to see what we have in him. It's like, you saw what you have in him, and you benched him. So, like, it's you're not going to get anything great out of Darnold just out of nowhere all of a sudden. That team, Carolina team, went, like, 3-0 you know, to start the season, and then I believe they finished 5-12. and 12. Yeah, they were... <laughs> That's terrible. And they benched Sam Darnold on the way. Yeah, because he started sucking. I mean, he played a couple of good games, and then he started sucking. So, you know what you have in hand. They're probably my biggest lock to take a quarterback this year. Regardless if it's Pickett or Willis? Yeah, just a quarterback. Do you see if if it gets to six and zero quarterbacks are off the board, the Panthers opting to go with Pickett over Willis? Matt Rule has been connected to Pickett a lot right. because of back when he was the coach at Temple, and this is a long time ago. This is he before re- Pickett was Pickett even at Pitt. Pitt. Yeah, right. he recruited Pickett to come to play quarterback at Temple, uh, clearly losing out on that battle as Pickett ended up at Pitt, and long story short, won the school's first ACC title, was the best quarterback since Dan Marino to play in the school's history. But I digress. Good for Pitt. There's still, the rest of the there's still some connection to... Matt Rule there initially where he saw something in Pickett. Now, it was a very raw Pickett back then, but I think that maybe he's in the ear of some people at the facility. So like, But I got to be honest, and I love Pitt. Like, I look at Willis and I look at Pickett side by side and just uh, overall potential and what this guy could be in the next couple of seasons, I don't see how you could pick Pickett over Willis. Also, you got to wonder how much pull does Matt Rule have in the Carolina organization, I can't imagine much after he could have been fired after his first year in the NFL going five and twelve, and he also has no track record in the NFL prior to this. You know, this is a is a college coach made his, right, that's what I said, his first year to Baylor. Like I think it was his second year last year in the league. Really? Yeah, Maybe. but he didn't Whatever. do anything first his first year. No, he either. didn't. So, no, he like, didn't. They're not that. Much of a, you're right. It's not like a, they're at a point where they're like, well, let's see what Matt has to say about everything. He obviously has input. He's the head coach, but it's not like his word is gospel, like a Tomlin's could be mm-hmm. or like a Belichick's could be, mm-hmm. because they've been around the block way, way too many times at this point in their career. So Reuter's just an idiot. I mean, I think that's fair to say. He, you might be a very nice guy, and I'm sorry for name calling. I shouldn't do that. But, I don't know if but I this am was sorry. Dumb. This because was you dumb. got five quarterbacks in the first round. You got the Steelers trading up to twelve to take Desmond Ritter. Yeah, that's that that's is crazy dumb. talk. I that's mean, dumb. If you want to have five quarterbacks go in the first round, you can make it work without having to make all the trades up and make it sound as ridiculous as it did. So, just a little word of advice for you next time. If you want a good laugh, check out that article. <laughs> <laughs> Other mock draft that has some name behind it that everybody is familiar with: the pumpkin pie eater himself, Mel Kiper Jr. He eats a piece of pumpkin pie every morning for breakfast. Did you know that, Mel Kiper Jr.? I didn't. Is that true? That's fact. It's 100% fat. I love pumpkin pie. piece of pumpkin pie. pie. Would you eat one every day for breakfast? If I could? Without feeling like a piece of crap afterwards? Yeah, for like, sure. 
So he eats a piece of pumpkin pie every day for breakfast. He's also the draft expert that never gets his draft picks right, but we call him the draft <laughs> expert. He has, at number 20 overall, so not trading up, not doing no. anything crazy, he has the Steelers taking Kenny Pickett at number 20 overall. Now, that is less crazy than the last thing we talked about because Pickett is probably the second-best quarterback in this draft class, and him going at number 20 is normal, right? Like, that's a normal slot for him to go at, if not maybe a little bit late for him to go in the first round. So as far as that aspect is concerned, you can talk yourself into being believable. But just being closer to the Steelers than Mel Kuyper is and talking to people like Dale and Matt and mm-hmm. hearing what they have labs, to say in yeah, labs, like I don't really get the vibe they're going to take a quarterback in the first round so, unless it's Malik Willis. I think he's the only one that can get to 20 and they take. If he's gone like he was in this Kuyper draft before 20, I think quarterback is now off the board for the Steelers. I don't. They like Pickett. I don't think they love him like they do Willis. So this reads as two things to me. One, Mel Kuyper clearly is not a fan or does not believe in Mitch Trubisky. Mm, or he just thinks Pickett is the future. Like, he just thinks Pickett can be this franchise Yeah, but why, why would the Steelers bring in Mitch Trubisky just to draft the quarterback who's not the best quarterback in this class at number yeah, just 20? Just to fill out a depth chart, I guess, yeah. but... He didn't really that doesn't to. really. And then the second thing is what you said is that he doesn't have a good read on what the Steelers are trying to do, right? Which I think is probably a more likely scenario. And I mean, they're both hey, they both can be true. What I said, but that's I think more true. What gets you the headlines? The Steelers pick a cornerback, the fourth rate cornerback in the first round of your mock draft, or the Steelers pick the kid who practiced in their facility for the past five years, six years, seven years, eight right. years, however long he was at Pitt. The guy who's been in the city for a while, for almost a half a decade, you know, is familiar with the fan base, is familiar with the place, going to the professional team from that college town that he played in. Like, that that's the sexy thing that gets you the clickbaits. Like, Steelers drafting a defensive lineman doesn't move the needle. Like, Steelers drafting unless, pick quarterback Kenny, like Mick, Kenny Pickett. The Steelers drafting up. If this guy said drafting up all the way to the top five to get Thibodeau, I'd say, okay, now you're on to something. Like, how did we trade up there to get him? But I'm saying not whoever the guy was that we talked Ruder. about. Yeah, Reuter. Steelers traded up to get Thibodeau. Sure. That's a good clickbait well, article. Yeah, but that's the, believable. That could happen. Believable as far as you trade up to get a talent like that. But, that's but I would shoot it down and be like, who are they trading up to get that guy? Well, it's it's not even that. It's, if you're trading up, you're trading up to get someone of that caliber. You're yeah, not trading fair. up to get Desmond Ritter. No, exactly. Like, He's the fourth-rated quarterback in my mind right now. Behind <laughs> Willis, number one, Pickett's number two, Corral's number three. Oh, and then I'd probably okay. go Ritter and Howell somewhere at four or five. But it's like one, then a gap, then two, then no bigger gap, then three, smaller gap, four five, are pretty much simpatico yeah. with each other. That's how I view the quarterbacks in this class right now. Charles Davis writes for NFL.com, and speaking of how he views a quarterback in this class, he wrote a really interesting piece on NFL.com about the 15 prospects that he would pound the table for. Charles Davis is pounding the table. He wants you to take these guys. And the number one guy that he talked about and the only quarterback that he talked about is his favorite quarterback in this draft class, Matt Corral out of Mississippi. His favorite. I wonder where Matt would be if he did not get hurt in the Sugar Bowl. Sure. And if he had um, pro days, if he had combine to go to. I really do wonder if he would be getting the Willis treatment as the guy who really exploded onto the scene because he kind of did. As the college quarterback, 
I mean, Pickett put up better numbers, broke the ACC record, was on the stage for the Heisman Trophy candidate or for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. But I don't know, man. I think Matt Corral was maybe the best quarterback purely in college football last season. I mean, the guy played in the SEC. I love Kenny, but that's a lot tougher of a schedule that he has to play in week in and week out. Sure. He had a lot more mobility to his game. He just strikes me as kind of a guy that looks more like the quarterback you're looking for in the NFL nowadays than, say, a picket. But that injury was a very significant injury. And teams like to do their due diligence and then some whenever it comes to taking guys in the first round and especially taking quarterbacks. The fact that he was hurt and you couldn't really do too much due diligence and you just kind of had to go off of what he looked like at Ole Miss, the measurables, stuff like that, teams might shy away from him a little bit. So I could definitely see a scenario where Corral doesn't go first as the quarterback, doesn't go second as the quarterback, shoot, maybe doesn't even go third as the quarterback, but ends up being the best quarterback in this class. I can see it. I don't know if it'll happen. I don't know if it'll play out that way, but I can see it. And that not necessarily is more of a credit to Corral, but maybe more of an indictment to the class in general, that a guy That's like where that I could be go. the star of the class. That's where I was going to go. Not so much that Corral's you're, so, a stud. you're so high on him. It's just not that there's so much unknown about the other guys because it's clear that we know more about Pickett I mean, we knew a lot about Corral. It's just he got hurt in this final game. I mean, the, the most unknown candidate here is obviously Malik Willis, but that is what leads to the conversation about them there being so much upside to his game. But because of that and because of Pickett kind of playing in that ACC, no offense, but as you said, I mean, Corral playing in the SEC a lot tougher of a conference Kind of had to prove himself a lot more often. Made it to the Sugar Bowl. Opted to play. And I think a lot of people are going to be impressed with at least that effort. You know, you can applaud Kenny Pickett for for saving himself, for rescuing himself from injury. And people can now look to Corral and say, you kind of should have done what Kenny Pickett did. People were upset. I mean, Pitt fans were probably upset that he didn't play in, in that bowl game and they eventually lost that they eventually lost to Michigan State, but Kenny Pickett's draft stock is significantly higher now than Matt Corral's only because he's sitting healthy. Yeah, exactly. And he's been able to show people, you know, over the past couple of months what he is capable of doing. Some other guys on this list that I want to touch on, we're not going to touch on all thirteen, but David Bell, the wide receiver out of Purdue, was another guy that Charles Davis would pound the table for. Uh, Bell's testing numbers won't wow you, he said, which is kind of what we said. But he's six foot two, he's two hundred and five pounds. He's got excellent hands. He's tough. He can work from the slot or out wide. So I like a little bit of that versatility there. And as Charles Davis points out, you can always have a guy like that in today's NFL. Um, but yeah, I, I just think Drake Bell would be a really, really, really spectacular pick if they can snag him second round, third round, mm-hmm. somewhere like that. He's not necessarily going to be one of these receivers that goes in the first round, but, man, I think he is a guy that is a little bit off the radar because of how loaded this class is this year, and he played at Purdue. So, I mean, the other guy, you got two guys from Ohio State, you got a guy from Alabama, a guy went to USC, Drake London is supposed to be there. You know, these are time schools mm-hmm. that these guys played at. He played at Purdue. Um, so, but always in the Blitnikoff race all year long was right behind Jordan Addison, the eventual winner of the award from Pitt, as far as that award was concerned. So, 
I think David Bell is a really under-the-radar prospect that could hit big time for you in a middle round. So I like a little validation there when I see Charles Davis is feeling the same way, that he would pound the table for David Bell. Sure, and when you think about it, the receiver, I mean, we've talked about the possibility of the Steelers going wide receiver in that very first round. Given their their moves in the offseason so far with securing up the depth in the offensive line, going out and getting guys like Levi Wallace, Miles Jack, in areas that you were really unsure about, really the only positions now you have left to be concerned about are the wide receiver depth, the starter at strong safety, and then your depth as well on the defensive line. Yeah. Those are your those are your three clear cut areas of concern. You can even you can maybe say running back depth, but really there's the, the running back class this year compared to last is so much weaker. And you already got your guy starter. You're just you need someone behind him. So you're not gonna waste a, a top three or even top five, hopefully, round draft pick on a running back. It's pretty obvious to me that the Steelers are just going they should just attack defensive line, wide receivers, secondary. And these and at, and at least the very first five rounds of the draft, they should not be going anywhere else. No, I agree with everything and so, you just said there. And so about this wide receiver, I mean, it's I, I do think it's possible with this class, given how talented it is and given how much the Steelers have used this their their salary cap or the salary cap room that they have to shore up so many question marks that even though we entered the the offseason and before free agency that period started, we had said to ourselves, you got to go offensive line, you got to go defensive line in the first minimum three rounds, right? You got to go some combination of that. And now we're barely, t- we're not talking about the offensive line at all. We're talking about the entire, di- we were talking about an entirely different position. We're talking about tackles rather than the interior interior line. And with the possibility of Tyson Alualu and Stefan Tuitt returning, you really don't need to focus so highly on the earlier rounds and the first or second round on that defensive line. You kind of want to make the splashier plays, the wide receiver, the cornerbacks. That That is what the Steelers can do this year. Couple more guys I want to touch on. Tyler Linderbaum made it onto his list, which I think so that's a guy. Go. That's a guy talk- who should go top ten. I, mean, I was just talking yeah, about it's a how perfect this- transition off of you, right? I was just talking about how the Steelers have no need to go interior lineman at all in this draft. But like last week, if the if the Steelers are sitting at twenty and somehow Linderbaum finds his way to twenty, you cannot you cannot pass on that. First sentence Davis says in his write up: I believe Linderbaum could make the same impact that Creed Humphrey did last year. And Humphrey was a member of Charles Davis's 2021 13 oh, prospects that he would pound the table for. This Davis guy. Now, this is a guy that the NFL Network and NFL.com <laughs> needs to keep, keep going and yeah, keep right. having some some features, articles like this. And this, see, this is not to go off on too much of a tangent, but this is more valuable, I think, than a mock draft. Like when people do mock drafts, and I like doing a couple mock drafts, but like with the disclaimer that all of these picks are going to be wrong at the front of them. These guys do it, and they're like, oh, this could really happen. This is how I think of my formula. I've been in the lab forever, and this is how it breaks down probability-wise, blah, 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 blah. Like, just doing write-ups and saying, like, hey, here's 15 prospects that I love. Or, like, hey, here's my top 20 prospects. Like, not saying where they're going to go, not saying, you know, if they will go top 20, but here's what I think. The top, like, I like these articles more. Sure. I think you learn a little bit more. Mock drafts, you see the players' personnel and info related to the team's needs. No question. Here, you're just getting who the guy is. 
Finally, the last guy that I want to talk about is Damari Mathis, the cornerback out of Pitt, who mm-hmm. was okay at Pitt. I mean, he was coached by Pat Narduzzi in the press quarter defense that Pitt likes to run, and we've seen Damar Hamlin, Dane Jackson, Avante Maddox, Jason Pinnock, and Jordan Whitehead all get produced from Pat Narduzzi's Pitt defense and play in the NFL. I mean, you definitely recognize the names Jordan Whitehead and, and Avante Maddox for sure, and, and Pinnock as well. Um, and it looks like, according to Davis, that Mathis is going to be next in line. What I like about this, though, is this is probably like a fourth-rounder going off the board here who might contribute a little bit more than a fourth rounder should as davis says he thinks that you know he was able to bounce back in 2021 after missing 2020 with a shoulder injury he posted career highs and tackles but he thinks that his best football is in front of him still kid that can develop even more as he takes that next step into the nfl and he tests off the charts he's just an amazing tester 43 and a half inch vertical and 11 foot one broad jump at his pro day uh best vertical this year was 42 inches at uh, the Combine. He didn't go to the Combine, but he beat that at his pro day at Pitt. So that just tells you how much of an athlete this guy is. Fourth rounder, you need another corner. This is it, right? This 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 type of player, if he's there, is the guy you want because you're not going to start him right away. But the upside is tremendous to by week 16, he might be able to crack into that starting lineup. And you get another young guy that you can help build that room up with for years to come. So I'm not saying Mathis is the guy, but he definitely fits a mold of a, not a top two couple round picks, but you also fill a pretty big need for the Steelers. And we do think they could take a corner in this draft. Early. In the first four rounds, for sure. Yeah. Which are the, I've circled the first four rounds as like guys contributing now in 2022. ASAP or before the end of the season's over. They could, possible starters before. Yes. Not just starting a game here and there, but guys who are starting week after week. Like, these guys are making your roster. If not, something went horribly, horribly wrong with them. Yeah, which would be terrible, but, you know, sometimes that happens. Sometimes you swing and miss. Sometimes guys get hurt, and there are unforeseen circumstances that come into play. But, uh, Tom, I'll make the same argument that I made for the wide receivers for for any quarterback here is that I think the Steelers have done such a good job with making their their roster whole. That's something you made a point on in our first episode today was not making splash plays to add one name to make yourself feel better. The roster is so much more whole, so much more complete than it was in 2020, or I'm sorry, in 2021, that they have the option to really explore wherever they want to go here in the first round compared to 2021. It was pretty obvious if you don't, if you don't have Najee Harris fall to you, you should go for an offensive lineman. And then in 2020, the offensive lineman was priority number one. However, he wasn't there, and so you went with the gamble. You got Chase Claypool. Worked out pretty well so far. But the last couple of years, it's been pretty clear-cut what you had to do. Now you actually have some freedom to, to kind of experiment. Yeah. No question, you definitely do. You got a little bit of that wiggle room now. Extremely valuable uh, to have for any team, for any team in the NFL, really. Um, Yeah, you know, and as far as just do you have confidence in the Steelers filling out all of those holes that they still have to fill out, I don't see how you couldn't because every single spot that you've kind of questioned already in this offseason they've gone after, like – it wasn't a guarantee that they were going to get a quarterback. You know, they had to, of course, this being prior to the tragic passing of Dwayne Haskins, they 
They didn't need to go out and sign Haskins, but people were saying, oh, it would be nice to go out and get a quarterback. They got out and got a quarterback. Oh, it would be nice if Schobert wasn't the inside linebacker next to Devin Bush this year. Well, they went out and they fixed that. Oh, it would be nice to have someone who can actually snap the ball this time instead of Kendrick Green. Well, they got one, maybe two, maybe two guys. three guys yeah. that can end up doing that. So anything that that is a perceived hole, they seem to fill. So I have a lot of confidence that they're going to do the same throughout the draft process as well. That'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Our next episode, snake draft time again, baby. Uh-oh. NFC Super Bowl contenders. Make sure you tune into that. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opperman. We'll talk to you guys next time.